Um, the Todd Ton Toncast Toncast. And what does that mean? It doesn't mean it. it, it it's Nothing? a long it's story. Not important? Okay, it's it's, not it's it's a nickname. It was a bad choice that I made that I've right. stuck with because right. I do that. Gotcha. Like my acting career, you just stuck. I've to it. stuck to it in the face of in a the lot f- of data that says <laughs> get out of it. A lot of a an lot enormous of, like like uh, climate change. Amount Level of, data. of yeah, and you're you and are, I'm, I'm a staunch Republican. You're I refuse to admit yeah that the Toncast is a bad name. Yeah, it is traditionally the name we use. Yeah, and it's not causing the problems that right. everybody says it is. You are a Todd Anderson career denier. <laughs> As it's, there are a lot of those. <laughs> a lot of those. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. Todd or Ton? Ton, because that was like a nickname that okay, I okay, gotcha. All right. It was given to me by a drunk friend who tried. He tried to call me Todd, and it came out Tom. I think the real story is that he had some sort of mental issue or a disability, and you don't want to tell that part that you're just <laughs> making fun of a guy who couldn't say Todd. <laughs> I had a person who was had cerebral palsy next door to me, and he would say call me Todd. <laughs> So no. But I can't. I no, can't I just that. tell people he's drunk. All right. Okay, you ready? All right, let's go. All right, welcome back to the Toncast with J.D. Walsh and Todd Anderson. This is our 40th anniversary show. Todd, we've been doing it for 40 years, <laughs> yeah, this podcast. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Uh, congratulations on Thank your Thank you, man. Thank you. And I was thinking that what would be fun for us to do is because we have reviewed a lot of movies over the last 40 years. Sure, sure. A lot of times we've been right. Sometimes we've been wrong. Most of the time we've been right. That is true. That is true. But uh, what I thought would be fun is for us to play some old clips. Oh, sure. Of uh, reviews that we've done over the last 40 years of movies that have gone on to become iconic where the other person got it wrong. Uh-huh. You know, that the review maybe now, in hindsight, is not as great as... As it is... Uh, right. I see what you're saying. And But vice versa? Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, it's like the, the, if sometimes we're negative about something that was great, and sometimes we were positive about something that was not I so great. I just thought for this one, it, it's you, just going back and showing that sometimes everybody can be wrong. You sure. know, like sure. so we'll sh- we'll we'll play a clip of a movie and then we'll play uh, that person's review, our review, uh-huh. uh, where where you were uh, uh, talking negatively about that movie and and I was maybe positive or vice versa. Uh-huh. Uh, and then uh, and then you can play a clip of one of my uh, movies where I got it wrong. Okay, great. Yeah, great. All right, well, uh, this first uh, uh, movie is from 1985, and it stars Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd. Whoa, you really cleaned this place up. Looks brand new. Now remember, according to my theory, you interfered with your parents' first meeting. If they don't meet, they won't fall in love, they won't get married, and they won't have kids. That's why your older brother's disappearing from that photograph. Your sister will follow, and unless you repair the damage, you'll be next. Sounds pretty heavy. 
so now we're going to play the clip of me talking about this movie from back then? Yeah, yeah. Let's play it now. Here's the thing uh, about this time travel shit. None of it makes any sense. It doesn't... It. I don't know why you would make a time travel movie. And, yeah, maybe Michael J. Fox is delightful. And Christopher Lloyd was delightful. Like, for one, why are they putting all these fucking TV stars in movies now? Right. right. Why aren't there real movie stars anymore? Um, well, I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, with uh, Bruce Willis and, and Moonlighting having such success in Die Hard that they feel like this is a place that they can mine uh, successfully. And, and in my opinion, in this case, they nailed it. Obviously, for you, it works because you were able to travel to the future and talk about some movie starring Bruce Willis? Yeah, I believe he's in Die Hard coming out uh, about two months from this movie. Two months? Yeah. Okay. I've, I, I, I've not heard about this movie. I had no idea Bruce Willis was yeah. going to be a movie star. Yeah. He's another one I wouldn't have... Right. I wouldn't have expected. I've seen the Bartles and James commercials. He's and, great in those. Uh, this, this, no, he's not. I disagree there. I disagree. He, he's charming enough on Moonlighting. It's fine. He's also uh, fantastic uh, in the Bartle and James commercials. And I can only imagine us listening to this in the future and you clearly knowing that you are so off base on your review of the Bartles and James commercials and of Back to the Future. Look, I love I love to hear Bruce Willis talk. I cannot stand the way he sings. That's just where I'm at That's with Bruce fair. Willis. That's but fair. back to this, what why is this? did you hate this movie so much? Because of the time travel, it just makes it impossible to. So right off the bat, you just don't believe in the concept of time travel. I think it's nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. None of the movie makes any sense. And there's like incest going on in this right, movie, right, and that right. like played for comedy. And I don't know if you've ever dealt with incest in your family, right, right, but it's right. not fucking funny. Right, right. It is not funny. We have not emotionally dealt with the incest in my family. That is true. We have not. We have definitely swept that under under the rug. For but last, it, it, you're probably years. still going through the process. I don't know. I, I we have not dealt with it in any emotional way whatsoever. You haven't dealt with it, and probably haven't stopped it either. No, I cannot. This I is cannot what I'm stop see. That. This is what I'm saying about Back to the Future. By making light of incest, mm -hmm. it's allowing families like yours to right. go on right. with this uh, horrible practice. What did you think of the performance of the father in the movie? Because I, I thought he was fantastic. Uh, just just uh, Marty's dad, uh, he also plays a younger version of him. I just said George McFly. What what did you think of his performance? Um, I thought he was one of the better parts of the movie. I'll, I'll agree okay. with you there. Uh, I I would rather. I, I thought it was a bit wasted in this movie. Mm -hmm. I would rather see him in. Uh, I don't know. He seems like a great artist. I'd rather see him in in a movie that maybe he produces. Okay. Uh, and and directs and writes. Maybe something that stars. You know. Like the entire cast is people with Down syndrome, something like right, that. Right, right, right. You don't think that would go to, that would go totally off the rails? No, I don't. I think that's a great idea. Another thing he could do, like when I was watching him in this movie, I thought he would be great paired with Howard Hesseman. Oh wow! Okay, in a, in a, from in WKRP. A, yeah, in a buddy uh, a road comedy takes place mostly in a desert that involves okay. a uh, water skiing cat. 
That's wow. what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. He. So you're. So on our uh, ton scale mm-hmm. uh, from one to ten, what number are you giving Back to the Future? I'm giving Back to the Future a two point five. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I imagine that if I could go into the future and look back on this, I'd probably give it a one. So there's just because it's garbage. Did it not bother you how little Billy Zane was in this movie? Um, yeah, I did notice one of Biff's henchmen was uh, dynamic. It was Billy Zane. He's great. Yeah, what he a waste. Is, he, is, he is great. And I mean, I would say that he is going to have a very long career. I think he will. Just based off the, the small amount that I saw him in this movie, he will have a uh, extended career. Yeah. I mean, another movie that came out recently that involved time travel. Yes. uh, Which I had less of a problem with because it had more gore Mm -hmm. and nudity. um, Was directed by a a guy named James Cameron. Right. It was about uh, a Terminator Mm. from the future who comes back to to kill people. And so you didn't have a problem immediately off the bat. With Terminator and the time travel aspect to it? No, because Arnold Schwarzenegger is a really good actor. He's really compelling. Mm. Unlike a Michael J. Fox or a Christopher Lloyd. Right. And, and he you he takes you to another place. Right. You know, right, he doesn't right. take you out of it. Like, Back to the Future, I'm watching. I'm not getting taken to another place. I'm watching these two actors from TV shows that I like. I like family, I like family Ties. Mm. It's a good show. It's fun, mm. sweet, you know. Mm. And I liked Taxi. It's a good workplace comedy. And right. Jim's very funny, you know. Right. But uh, I'm watching these guys. I'm like, they're they're for TV. I think you're going to be wrong. I don't think so. All right, we're back. Wow, were Whoa. you? Whoa. Were you I, off there, Todd? I was off. I don't know what happened. Now, I now I was... having watched it, I'm guessing you've watched it since then, right? Yeah. Has has your opinion changed of Back to the Future? Uh, yeah, it has. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, but I don't know, like, the perspective might come from the fact that I saw the sequels as well. I have and, not. And I it, did not. I did it, not see the sequels. It looks better. It's It looks better by comparison now. You know my general rule, which is I do not see sequels or prequels uh-huh. uh, or uh, reboots. That's that's my general across the board or remakes. So the only movie you saw in 2019 was Parasite. Uh, yeah, I have not. I have not gone to the theater for the last seven years <laughs> because all it is, yeah. is what you just listed. Right, right, right. Now you you have a. I believe you have a movie uh, uh, that you also. Yeah, this is really uh, this is really interesting. Now I want you to know that I'm not just going to kill time so that you can find a clip of of the movie. I really want to talk about one of our sponsors, and our sponsor today. Is Golden Goldman Goldman Sachs Goldman's fifth Sachs Goldman Sachs? Um, uh, are you interested in investing in uh, military hardware in other countries? Then invest with Goldman Sachs. When you need money, Goldman is there. Goldman Sachs. You're great at uh, ad copy. Thank you. Yeah, Thank really, you. Really, I, li- really. I like doing the live reads. <laughs> if that was a cold read. Yeah, that was a cold read. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounded like you'd rehearsed the hell oh, out of it. It was very natural. Here's a, here's a movie. Okay. Uh, and you're saying I hated this movie. I remember you hating it, but we'll go back. We'll hear the, uh, we'll hear, hear the thing. 
I just need to get it off mute. It's not it's it's not coming off mute. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brother. That's writer and director Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction, which is just a collection of incoherent scenes that makes absolutely no sense. Uh, uh, starring John Travolta, who you know I loved in all of the Look Who T- Look Who's Talking movies. Uh, uh, you know, I I, I used to uh, I used to believe that uh, I didn't want to watch any sequels or reboots, but I got to tell you, those Look Who's Talking movies have gotten me to change my mind. You're a big fan of those. I love those. What I, did I you would... think about the weight that Mr. Travolta went out of his way to put on for this uh, new film? He is amazing. I, you know, he. He, over the course of years, will uh, bloat out to a certain uh, weight. And it's not because he's rich, and it's not because he lives in some sort of alternate universe. It's because the character needs that character to be a certain weight. And so he's just come back from Amsterdam for the last, uh, you know, six months. And so he's got to have a lot of weight. I mean, everyone knows you go to Amsterdam and you get really fat. However... I did not like this movie, and let mm. me tell you why. I felt like it needed a little bit more of Quentin Tarantino's performance in it. Uh, mm. You know, he's the writer-director, and I felt like he took his foot off the gas a little bit in his performances. When he's on screen, mm-hmm. when Quentin is on screen, he is dynamic. He is funny he is uh, emotional i mean we saw his work in reservoir dogs and uh, obviously the great uh, stuff with the tipping but here i want to see more and i'm hoping that quentin as he goes forward Mm. will make himself more of the center of the movies because this was a giant misfire very interesting. Yeah, your thoughts. Very interesting. I I, I disagree with you. I, I I was very entertained by the movie. It was, it was it was a lot of fun. What, what could uh, you I, like about this movie? I, I I find it really interesting that you don't like it because you're the guy who, if I recall, back in 1985, you told me that Bruce Willis was going to be a movie star yes. in a movie called Die Hard, which I'd right. never heard of. Right. And came out I think three years after that. And you knew out of the gate. So I would thought, like, being the Willis guy that you are, I thought that you would have been more into into the this Pulp Fiction. I didn't like 
the scene, there's a scene, was, uh, you know, I don't want to give anything away. I wish we had a term to say, oh, yeah. I don't want to give anything away. Yeah, well, how do you, what would be a great way to say, I don't want to ruin it. Destroyed it, yeah. Ruin I don't, it. I don't want it to get rotten before it's rotten. time. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to rot, so, uh, uh, here's a rotten heads up. <laughs> the is. rotten heads up is uh, there's a scene where he's sort of down in a dungeon like area and I gotta be honest I wanted more of that mm-hmm. I wanted to l- sort of live in that story I wanted there are these two guys who sort of show up and 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 uh, put him uh, was it in the chains. sodomy you wanted to go on longer? I don't know if that's specifically at all although that was very enticing I was very much into that and felt like we could have gotten even more graphic do did, were you into it because it was a, a something you hadn't seen before, or was it very relatable? It was incredibly relatable. Okay. Yeah, it is something that I really touched a nerve of something that had been suppressed for a long, long time ever since ever since summer camp for sure. And when you say touched a nerve, yeah, yeah, literally touched a, a many, many nerves. But like good nerves? No. No, not good like, nerves, and so it's it's good to see somebody else doing it. So okay. So yeah, so I would say a lot more of that, and I would say less of Samuel J. Uh, Samuel J. Jackson is that his name? L. I believe it's Sam. I don't think so. L. I think it's Samuel J. Jackson. Okay, Sam J. So we'll Samuel Sam J. Sam J. Is uh, I just don't believe him. Do you get what I'm saying? Like he just does not seem that character, and I, I'm I, I believe this is probably the last time we're going to see him. I mean, let's be honest. The biggest thing he's been in since uh, from now is uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure or Pee Wee's Playhouse, and uh, I think that this might be an end to his career. Pee Wee's Playhouse. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. He was uh, he was uh, who was he on Pee Wee's Playhouse? He was Captain Jack. Captain Jack. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't have kids, so I don't, you know. I don't. Well, maybe one day you will. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Whoa, JD, what do you think now? I mean, now that all this time has gone by, have you have you changed about Pulp Fiction at all? And Samuel um, Jackson, uh, J. Jackson. Yes, uh, I was wrong about that. Yeah. I was wrong about the middle initial. However, I stand by uh, my dislike of that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, again. I don't like anything that sort of jumps around in different stories. I want one linear story all the way through. And this, I think there was some sort of editing error or something like that where uh, the different reels got mixed up mm. because like the beginning is the end and the end is the beginning and I, I didn't like any of that. You don't like things that are non-linear? Right, right, right. Narratively? Yeah, yeah. That's why I love Back to the Future. Mm. Because it's just one straight story. It starts here in time, and it goes forward, and it doesn't fluctuate. Well, I mean, technically, they they go back in time. But I see what you're saying. Uh, but, the, but, but the narrative being, it moves forward. The narrative itself, despite the time travel, moves in one direction. Whereas with Pulp Fiction, you 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 bounce back and forth within the narrative. That's what you mean. Interesting. Our next movie is, uh, I think, a really great uh, movie. Uh, And I I, I think you're going to be really surprised that you hated this movie so very much. I've always been kind of a pacifist. When I was a kid, my father told me, never hit anyone in anger unless you're absolutely sure you can get away with it. I don't know what kind of soldier I'm going to make, but I want you to 
guys to know that if we ever get into real heavy combat. Of celluloid. Oh wow! I don't understand why they thought any of this would be funny. One to to belittle and make light of our armed forces mm. is unpatriotic mm-hmm. uh, and out of line. That's why you hated Doctor Strangelove. That's another reason I hated Doctor Strange. There were a lot of reasons. What were the other reasons? I believe there was a black and white issue too. There was a black and white issue, and that one actor who played all those parts. Right. And like any yeah. of that, like what it's a, it's a movie. You, you get you got to get a bunch of different actors. You don't just use the right. same actors. This is not some podunk ninety nine seat theater play where you only have access to four actors. Right. We we got the world. This is a movie. The world's our oyster. Why are we using one guy over and over within the same damn movie? Right, right. I did go to a production of Music Man in Podunk, uh, Kentucky, and it was one of the best performances I've ever seen. Uh, the lead uh, was Greg Williams. Mm. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, the lead was Barry Williams, uh, mm-hmm. who played Greg in uh, The Brady Bunch. Oh, and okay. He was he was absolutely fantastic. I would imagine so. I, I'm he, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. He was great. Uh, but the the thing about Stripes, I, I mean, one, it's it's a it it's structurally strange. Okay. You you think it's a movie about about you know. Basic training. Okay. For so much of the time. Yes. And then all of a sudden, you think the movie's over, but no, it's not. There's a whole other movie mm. where they go and do some European mission right? with uh, that guy from Night Court. Right. Well, that is my favorite part. When they go on the mission? Yeah. I love when they go into Czechoslovakia. It's like going into Wisconsin. And I feel like that's where the movie really hits its stride. So I don't even need... That first two thirds, which is, I guess, you know, training and stuff like that. When they get to Europe and they have, that's where the action kicks in. That's where the comedy kicks in. Uh, that's where the emotion and the pathos mm-hmm. kicks in. Uh, I thought that that was the best part. Really? Yeah. I, I especially didn't like the second half more than the first oh, half wow. because there were a lot more uh, Canadian performers used in the second half. Right. And you know, I, I don't like Canadian. Performers. No movies with Canadians. Yeah. Well, the problem with Canadians is it's so nice 
there's no dramatic tension within right. a Canadian. Right, it's right, just right, not, right, right. So you felt like the guards uh, in Stripes, you didn't feel the real tension that, like, like if if we did a, a movie like uh, Showa or something like that, where the, you really believe that the guards are. Uh, very bad human beings. Yeah, then I would... Buy, you know, you bring up an interesting point. So, Thank you. So, Stripes, it, it, one, first and foremost, you should make a comedy about the armed forces. Okay. Um, and maybe that's what I'm reacting to right. in its narrative structure. Right, so, right, right. let's take the same movie, okay? okay? Hypothetically, let's take yeah. the same movie and say it's not a comedy. Okay. Uh, and, and, and just to separate it from Stripes a little bit, we'll set it during the Vietnam... Okay, war. gotcha. Okay, and yeah. instead of army guys, they're marines. Okay, gotcha. So the first half is a very serious look right. into marine training. Mm-hmm. And then the second half is a very serious look into the realities of the Vietnam War. Right, got you. I think if I saw that, right, with that strange shift in the midpoint where you leave the training yeah. and you go to the real war, yeah. I think maybe I would find that compelling. Okay, I think. Uh, what if you had Stanley Kubrick direct something? Yeah, no, like I, I think that is a. They could get idea. a Matthew Modine. Uh, from Vision Quest? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, uh, maybe. Uh, I don't I don't see him holding. It's not like I'm suggesting he become the president of the Actors Union. Right, right, right. I'm just right, saying right, you right. put him in a movie about Vietnam. I feel like that movie is only good, the movie that you mentioned, if there is a fully armed Winnebago. In, in that movie. so so In the Vietnam film? Yeah, yeah. So it's a very serious opening. And then the second half, they go to Vietnam. And the entire platoon is in a fully armed Winnebago that has, like, missiles in it and, like, shields and stuff like that. Now we're cooking with gas. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I can see that. I mean, I just feel like Winnebago's on their face are silly. Uh, that silly, is, that is a stupid things. thing to say because you are insulting Native Americans. I didn't. I I don't know what, what that you mean. Indians? Yes, the Winnebago tribe. I didn't know that that was a tribe. That's a tribe in, in North Carolina. Huh, North Carolina. I've uh, not heard of the Winnebago tribe, but that's uh, I will uh, I will look not, it up. I will, look it up in an encyclopedia. I, it's less the name, more the shape of the vehicle. Oh my god, it's so They great. tend to be top-heavy. They don't seem to make a lot of sense in a combat situation. Yeah, your wife's top-heavy. <laughs> wow. Wow, J.D. Future wife, future wow. wife. <laughs> wow, J.D., we've, you've really gotten mean on this one. Yeah. Oh, wow, it was weird to hear that again, It was. JD. It was it so was. strange. Weird that a lot of uh, what I was teasing you about came true. It's so weird how like one how wrong we can be about yes. movies but at the same time absolutely uh, correct yes spot on correct about the future yeah it is crazy it's it is so crazy. weird it's so weird how all right what do you got for me well i don't know if you remember how much oh, you no. loved Uh-oh. this film uh back in i don't know if you remember when we started this back in 19 19- 14. Right. Um, but in uh, the second year of our uh, our podcast, our movie review yeah. podcast, in, in uh, 1915, um, you loved this particular uh, mm-hmm. film. And uh, let me see if I can... Uh, um, well, the, here, here you go. I'll just start, start it now. Like a, this is... It's a long, longer film. 
There's just some, uh, just some music. Welcome back to the Toncast. It's me, John Douglas Walsh, and Todd Anderson. We're coming to you live over Radio America. What do you think of Birth of a Nation, see? I loved it. I really love the message of it. Yes, sir. They, We have to make sure that we have our own nation. We have to fight uh, badness wherever it comes in whatever form. Really? Yes, I say. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of people agree with you, see, but I don't know that I do. The whole thing made me uncomfortable, and it was very long. I have to do a live read now for Vicks Vaporub. When you have a problem with congestion and the croup, make sure you use Vicks Vaporub. Fantastic! So, J.D., of course, it's yeah. weird to look back yes. that far. Yes. Now we're a nation of wokeness. Yeah. And to look back on Birth of a Nation and realize how much you loved it and how much you align yourself yeah. with the plight of the white man. Yes. I'm not going to uh, say, you know, that my review was off there, mm -hmm. nor am I going to agree with the many valid points that I was making about how good that movie is and the message was. I'm just going to say, hey, that's the past. Mm -hmm. Let's just focus in on the future. But I'm not going to say that I was wrong. So you're wrong. Or, or right. You're not. Okay. You're sort of almost, you're not doubling down, but you're saying that that was then and this is now. Yes. And if you saw Birth of a Nation now, if it came out today, why you'd be like... Well, I own it. I own it. Oh, you, how often do you watch it? Uh, every night. You watch it every yeah, night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do you watch the whole thing every night? Uh, I do. Interesting. It's fantastic. I really love... Uh, uh, it's just the cinematography is really great, and also just the storytelling. It's a real curveball to hear you say these things now. Why is that? Like, well, I, I don't know. I thought maybe uh, your perspective might have changed. Hmm. As a lot of people seem to have changed their... Pro I mean, but it was an award-winning film in 1915. It was uh, loved. Uh, well, now, let's let's talk about how sometimes we can be wrong. Okay. Because I I pulled a clip uh -oh. uh, of uh, something that you really, really had a uh, an odd, an odd opinion about mm -hmm. back then. Hey, Dave, can we roll that clip? Thanks, Dave. And now, for the next 30 minutes, as the world turns. For viewers of the CBS soap opera, as the world turns, first word came at about 1.40 p.m. Eastern time. It happened too quickly for cameras to be in place. And I gave it a great deal of thought, Grandpa. Here is a bulletin from CBS News. In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. The first reports say that President Kennedy has been seriously wounded by this shooting. Then it was back to the soap opera, but not for long. Soon after, Walter Cronkite was back, 
reporting from the CBS newsroom, complete with rotary telephones and wire machines. This picture has just been transmitted by wire. It is a picture taken just a moment or two before the incident. If you can zoom in with that camera, we can get a closer look at this picture. And almost exactly one hour after his initial bulletin, this now famous announcement. From Dallas, Texas, the flash apparently official President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Now, J.D., I know this is a tragic real-life event, but that's not what we're here for. We're here to review the Zapruder film. Right, right. And... So what did you think of him as a filmmaker? I thought this looked like shit. It was terrible. I, I couldn't tell much of the time what was happening. Right. Uh, I couldn't. It was it was grainy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was like basically all an establishing shot. Right. There was no coverage. Right. And I couldn't really tell what was happening. It, it, it's very hard to understand where the bullets came from or right. didn't come from. Right. Um, and you can't really even tell that it's the president in the car because the, it's so grainy. Well, Zapruder is an artist. Uh, you know, I don't know if you've seen some of his other work, which is My Daughter at the Beach, uh, uh, Wife and I Buying New Home, in the suburbs of Cleveland. Mm -hmm. But he likes to live in that sort of, let's let's do a wide shot and just let things happen, Mm. you know? Yeah. And I think that that's what makes him so great, is that it's more intimate the wider you pull back. See, I couldn't disagree with you more on that. For me... What's your favorite movie he made? My favorite movie of his... Was because I think you've always hated him as I, a director. I I I I don't like him. I don't like his work in general. The one right. that I did like was there was a uh, a short film he did, a five minute short film, and it was of a beach ball, right, sitting still on a beach waiting to be played with. Yes, and when he left the camera on, he left the camera on it, it accidentally, but the yes. camera was down on the beach. Yes, so it was a cool upward angle at the beach ball. Yes. And uh, I, I thought that was a great film. It was it was compelling for a full five minutes. But I, I, I agree. that's that's how you should make movies. You, you you shouldn't make them. There shouldn't be establishing shots in the movies at all. I I hope that someone in the future, somebody who's got an ocean of talent or at least a base worth of talent, right, turns movie making, removes the establishing shots, mm. makes it mostly close ups, mm-hmm. and if it could move more. Right. If, if, if it could move more. Not not what's happening on camera, right, right. but the camera itself should be moving more. You want to see that more. Now, question. If in the Zapruder film, uh, uh, An Assassination in Daily Plaza, which mm-hmm. I believe is what this movie's called, mm-hmm. um, uh, although its working title was just the Zapruder film, mm-hmm. uh, is uh, what if it was a beach ball? Like, what if, what if uh, Jackie O was, like, holding a, an oversized... Uh, beach ball. That would have been interesting. That would have been interesting. It should. It, it would have been a fun Easter egg for those of us who like his beach ball. Film. What do you mean Easter egg? Uh, you know, on Easter you go looking for eggs and they're oh, hidden behind stuff. That's kind of a neat turn of phrase. I like that. Yeah, yeah. It's just a metaphor. Something to find. Just threw that out there. It's just a yeah, some a thing you don't expect to find. Right, right, and you right, find right, right, it, right. and it's full of candy or right, right, cash. So movies can have little Easter eggs. In yeah, them. in them. So you're like, if you know the 
filmmakers work, you're like, yeah. oh, that's the beach ball from the right, beach right. ball. So, so they don't actually have to be Easter eggs. They no, no, not literal eat. Easter eggs, like okay. stuff from... It was a metaphor, again. It was just a metaphor I used. It was just off the top of my head. Wow, I like it. I, I don't know uh, where I came up with that. Um, th- this film... Yes. If if it were up to me uh, and was directed by my guy who's got a harbor full of talent, I don't, I don't know... You know what I meant? Like a large body of water full of filmmaking talent. That's what this person is. Yeah, and he's he's like a bay full of yeah, he's like a bay yeah, yeah, yeah. of talent. Right. So if it, if I had made this movie, yeah, or he had this imaginary bay guy, yeah, it would have started. You would it had just been a shot of like one of the wheels on the car going around right, like right, crazy, right. really really fast. Quick cut to another wheel, yeah, fast, yeah. and then shake up, and you kind of you kind of come up over the door. You see Jackie O, right. you see the president, just for a second, yeah. you know, and then maybe get like a shot of the president's ear right, for a right. moment, and Jackie O's smile for right. a moment, and then like punch into the crowd and the people on the side of the road, like moving around. Yeah. You know what I mean? And maybe Jackie O says something like, "Oh shit's about to get real." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I think that's uh, and then and not then, as good a movie as what. We and then when watched. the president gets shot, yeah, the driver could say something like, "What kind of fucked up tour is this?" You know, I love that, like something like that. Yeah, that would be great. Just kick it into high gear. Enough of this fucking establishing yeah. shot. I know where I am. Great. Now excite me, please. I'm excited to see what other uh, movies Zapruder makes. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what what else. He, he gets to make. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, but this one was a stinker. Let's be honest. I, I, I disagree. <laughs> I thought it was... I real, think it was a thinker. <laughs> really? I thought it was a real bummer. I don't like depressing stuff anyway. I like, I like happy stuff. All right. Well, we're back. And wow. Wow. I wow. feel... Uh, I mean, Zabruta went on to make quite, quite a lot of good movies. Yeah. yeah. He's made some real... Great films, the uh, aforementioned uh, Parasite. Of he did make he Parasite. Uh, he made uh, uh, Snowbreaker. Uh huh. He made Snowbreaker. He made uh, Cold Pursuit. He's done yeah. a lot of snowy films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it worked a lot in the Asian world, <laughs> which is really amazing. That is. It's super weird. <laughs> but it's great. I mean, it's cool that there's crossover, yeah. you know? Well, I think part of it is that the South Korean government kidnapped American filmmakers and brought them over. I'm, I'm not totally sure of this history, but I believe what happened is they would kidnap our filmmakers and bring them over to South Korea and have them make movies that they would Right, want. right. That was back when South Korea was North Korea, North Korea was South right, Korea. Exactly. Now they're different. When they switched. Like, it's just like the Democrat and Republican parties. Like, yes. You, you're like, what? The Democrats yeah. supported slavery? That doesn't sound right. Right, right, exactly. But it's the same thing with yeah. North Korea. Well, there South were some Korea. points there. Maybe. Maybe. I don't want to get into that, though. This is not a political show. This is a, a, a movie show. Should we look back at uh, another... Uh, I'm, one excited. Of, I'm excited. I'm excited. While you're while you're doing that, uh, I will uh, I will talk about our Patreon uh, uh, website. If you like what we're doing, then uh, feel free to go to our Patreon site, uh, Patreon Tan Show, where you can donate $100 a month for uh, a, a limited... Um, uh, uh, 
material that we'll be putting out once every three months. Uh, we'll just be talking in the car and we'll put it up there and you guys can hear what our thoughts are on movies or traffic or weather. Uh, so again, go to our Patreon website, Patreon Tancho. All right, uh, so I don't know if you remember how much you hated this little picture. Okay. But let's... I'm uh, ready. Let's give it a little listen. What's the matter? What's bothering you? I'll handle it. I told you I can handle it. I'll handle it. is our newest film, The Godfather, uh, directed by Francis Coppola and starring uh, a newcomer uh, named Al Pacino. And I've got to be honest with you, this movie was way too short. Uh, I feel like I didn't get to go into the characters mm. uh, when we were watching this, uh, this movie. It just felt very abrupt. I felt mm. like we could have lived in this world a little bit more. Uh, there's so much to the Italian culture that we didn't get to see. Where's the food scenes? Where's the wedding scenes? Mm. It just seemed to sort of uh, uh, focus in on this relationship between Al Pacino and his wife. And I felt like, uh, you know, uh, what, what I wanted his wife to be mm -hmm. is I wanted her to be someone who, like, had a different husband. You know, sure. who might, uh, like, be a boxer. And uh -huh. she's, like, supporting him as a boxer. But uh, to see her with somebody who is this sort of midget mobster uh -huh. just did not make a lot of sense to me. Uh, Brando, uh, I don't know if he was eating between takes or what he was doing, but he definitely had food in his mouth the entire time, which was distracting and uncomfortable. Uh -huh. um, and I felt like uh, I felt like the score was terrible. I just felt like the musical score under the entire movie was distracting. Uh -huh. You know, uh, uh, it just felt like it didn't add to the... Um, it, it felt more like a polka than sure. uh, than something that would be played at a at an Italian funeral or wedding. And uh, and mm -hmm. so that's why mm -hmm. I am I'm giving uh, uh, the Godfather uh, one star. One star. One star. Because oh, I really, I really like James Con in it. So, so that elevated it. Well, you know me, I love James Con. I well, and I know how much you love Abe Vigoda. Yes, uh, he shows up there. But okay, first. two stars. I'm gonna give it two stars. Two stars. Yeah. You, you know, I <laughs> Abe Vigoda is still alive, right? Uh, yes. Okay. I got it's it's hard to keep track of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Whoa, JD, what, what do you feel about that now? That I was mean, totally wrong. That I, was... I got to be honest. Now that I, now that all these uh, truths and secrets about a Bogota have come out, mm-hmm. you know, it's just one of those things where you look back and you think, "Wow, that guy was a monster." Yeah, that yeah. was that a Bogota was an absolute monster, and I cannot believe that I was so supportive of his career. Uh, it's uncomfortable for me, I know. and I hope, and I hope that this movement, uh, specifically against a pagoda, uh, keeps going, yeah, and that we wipe him from our history, yeah, because that is atrocious. Behavior. Yeah, it's atrocious, and it's a bummer now that we can't go back. For those of us who did like The Godfather the first time, even I to go not. back, and I did wa- not like. It. No, you did not care for it, but to go back and and rewatch it, and it's marred. By the appearance of Abe Vigoda. Yes. Because that takes you out of it. You just think about what a, a monster he yeah. was. I, when I watch Barney Miller now, I just put my hand up. Yeah. And I just I just keep it in front of Abe at all times. Yeah. And that allows me to enjoy Wolfowitz and everybody else. But I, uh, I do not, enjoy, I cannot uh, uh, support Abe Vigoda ever. Because of his monstrous tendencies. Yeah, it's horrible. I, I and it's it's a bummer. But I'm it, luckily, you know, he was a supporting player so often. You know, it would suck if this happened to a lead of something like I. I, I love those uh, Lethal Weapon films. Yes, it, it would be a bummer if Mel Gibson turned out to be a douche. He never will be. No, he I know. Will never will and be. Like, and she, like, can you imagine if I couldn't go to bed every night watching uh, reruns of the Cosby Show for comfort? That film? would be terrible. Yeah. I'm or K-Pax. Yeah. It, can you imagine K-Pax being ruined? Oh, my God. That will God. never, ever, ever God. happen. By the way, The Godfather 1 uh, is the reason why I hate sequels. Because they're never as good or as bad as that first movie. And so I have not seen Godfather 2 or 3 or 4 I think they made five of them. Uh, yeah, but the, uh, the they stopped calling him Godfather. After yeah, the what did they one. change the name to? The fourth one was called Goodfellas. Yeah, and the fifth one was called And the called fifth what? one was called uh, Casino. Oh, right. Actually, there's six now. Oh, what's the sixth one? The sixth one's called... Uh, it's uh, it's uh, Netflix. Oh, it's called Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's three hours on Netflix. That's what it's called. <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah. What is that movie called? The Irishman? <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> I forgot what it was called. And you know why? Because we're talking about all these Italian gangster movies, and uh, they start all these Italian-looking actors, and now there's a movie called The Irishman. That's really funny. All right, well, that has been The Ton Show with uh, J.D. Walsh and Todd Anderson. Thank you so much for keeping with us for the last 40 years. And remember, when you go to the movies, you're sitting next to us. (laughs) Ew.